0: Yeah, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Australian Property Investment Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Christie-David, and I run a mortgage-broking business called Atelier Wealth, where we specialize in helping property investors start out and scale up their property portfolios. And being on the journey, uh, we I want to offer some educational resources, i.e. this podcast. Hopefully it entertains a little bit as well, but answer commonly asked questions that we get from investors. And when we bring on a guest uh, onto the show, we like to think that they live, eat, breathe, sleep, all things property. Uh, they've been in the industry for some time. They've seen some cycles. Uh, but most importantly, they play the pretty straight bat. And today's guest, Lauren Jones, does all that. Lauren's a fantastic operator. I've had the pleasure of meeting Lauren recently at the uh, PIPA. So the uh, there's the, inst- the industry body for uh, property professionals. Got together recently for their first conference in Sydney. And Lauren and I have met a few times over uh, over Zoom and virtually, but getting to meet in person in Sydney was fantastic. We got to see what Lauren's all about. And I can say that, um, you know, she had a great reputation in the industry, but also just has this real aspiration to help more 1st home buyers, investors, and relocators build wealth through property. And like, that's exactly what we're about as well. So Lauren Jones, welcome onto the show. Hey, are you doing?
1: Good morning, Aaron. Good, thanks. And you?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks. Coming to us from sunny Brisbane. How's life up there?
1: Oh, beautiful as always. Yeah, The sun is shining.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You won't go wrong. Beautiful one day, perfect the next up there in Queensland. And uh, speaking of it, I mean, that's why so many people have chased the sun from the southern states, New South Wales and and Victoria. So we'll come to that in a second. But before we kick off uh, in Australian Property Investment Podcast fashion, the three P's. So can you just share us a little bit about yourself personally, professionally and your property journey to date, Lauren?
1: Yeah, cool. So... Um, personally, I guess you could say I was a little bit of a gypsy growing up. Uh, My family moved around a lot. By the time I was six, I was already living in my third country. Um, So you could say I'm pretty used to change. Change kind of excites me now. Um, I've settled in Brisbane maybe five or six years ago. Absolutely love it. No plans to move um, unless maybe uh, moving to the Gold Coast.
0: Nice.
1: Um, Professionally, I started my adult career. I I was working in finance. Um, I quickly became quite uh, interested in investing. So started with, you know, your micro-investing platforms, moved to shares, and then God help me moved to crypto pretty soon after that. Um, but it was once I found property that I was just absolutely hooked. Um, I just wanted to consume every piece of information I could, podcasts like yours, um, seminars, which I now understand a lot of them with brooking. Um, and just reading all the books, I've become kind of fascinated in this idea of getting your 10,000 hours and becoming an expert. Mm. I just wanted to be an expert, so I did everything I, you know, humanly could do possible to get my 10,000 hours as fast as possible. Wow. Um, as far as my property journey goes, I purchased my first property at 25. Um, got a little bit lucky, I wasn't a buyer's agent then, um, but I absolutely nailed it. Um, it grew awesome. 50%. Um, in 18 months, which allowed me to pull out some cash um, and move into my second investment property. Um, I had more of like a high growth strategy on that one. Um, and from here on, I'm probably going to start moving away from your typical resi buy and hold and move more into small scale uh, developments.
0: Okay, great. And I guess the, that personal decision to say move from the long-term buy and holds to developments, maybe why and, and what's got you interested in that type of strategy?
1: Well, look, for a start, my partner's a town planner, so... That definitely
0: helps.
1: (laughs) Perfect combination. Um, I'm obviously really great at finding these sites, negotiating the sites, um, and he can do all the town planning on it um, and the project management as well. So, I mean, why would I not, you know, use that? Take advantage, yeah. Yeah, why would I not take advantage of that? Um, But also, I think I've got enough capital invested in property at the moment that I don't need to, you know, take that more conservative approach. I'm, I'm a bit of a risk taker, so I'm prepared to take those risks, um, play with a bit of money. Um, so, yeah.
0: Nice one. And so take me through, looking back, you say you got a little bit lucky. I don't, you, if anyone's heard me talk about, I don't talk about luck uh, in, this ep- in this podcast. I say it's opportunity uh, meets being pre- uh, prepared. So take me through that first purchase at 25. I mean... Not a lot of twenty five. I mean, see, you see a few young Australians, but not a lot. The general rule is not a lot of twenty five year olds either have the borrowing capacity or the deposit to buy. So, what enabled you to get into the market with that first property?
1: All right. Um, I wasn't on a massive income. I was actually earning maybe sixty grand a year. Yeah. Um, and what helped me get into that first property was the first home loan deposit scheme. Uh, it's nice. called the New Home Guarantee now, I believe. If you're a broker, you'd know that. Yeah. Um, that really helps because all I needed to put into, I think it was a four hundred thousand dollar purchase, was twenty grand. Um, yeah. So when you actually think about it, yes, my property, my four hundred grand property, went up fifty percent, but my actual return on investment, my twenty grand turned into two hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that those are probably the main two things that allowed me to get in, just good government policies at the time, really.
0: Yeah. And it's an interesting one because a lot of first time buyers, whether they're buying rent vesting or buying to clip the ticket on first time owner grants, they're unsure about, okay, I mean, 400K, you don't, we're down in Sydney, so you won't really get much of 400. But even now, I think Brisbane and the surrounds, you probably won't get much either. But at the time, it's, it's kind of relative, right? Like you did. Probably people told you maybe you overpaid for that at the time or hey you're crazy to, to do that but it was taking opportunity while it was there and the government is actually giving people a leg up and an opportunity to get into the property market right whichever it's rent vesting or 1st homeowner owner grants you took you took advantage of that so well done to you.
1: Thank you.
0: Yeah nice so launching your own buyers agency how's it going uh, and then tell us a little bit about your your past uh, track record working in, in in the property advisory space as well.
1: Yeah, cool. So I started the business um, just called Lone Jones Buyer's Agent or LJBA. Um, Started that only about six months ago. So I'm a baby, baby business owner. Um, However, I did work for some of your big firms, um, a big property investment firm, and then just a big buyers agency here in Brisbane um, for a couple of years prior to that. Yeah. Um, I guess a bit of a difference in what we like to do here at LJBA is we really like to make, or or we aim to make buyers agents as accessible as possible for anyone who wants the need for help. So um, we work with a lot of first home buyers, which a lot of your your bigger buyers agents, they'll simply turn them away because either the budget's too low or the commission's not worth their time. Um, And I know this because before I purchased my first property, I was that person. I actually inquired with a couple of buyers agents and they pretty much sent me packing. Like I wasn't their client. So we really want to be able to help anyone. And whether that means we've got to do, you know, a slightly reduced fee, a payment plan. Um, We even do like a pay by the hour kind of service for those who could never possibly afford um, a buyer's agent. Um, But it's going really well. We're all referral based um, and word of mouth from past clients as well. So I've taken a bit of a step back in, you know, the sourcing properties um, and, you know, attending, attending the building and pest inspections and things like that. And I'm really taking a bigger focus on the marketing side of things and the business development. Um, So just networking as much as humanly possible. Um, Like uh, meeting with clients as well. I still do most of the client-facing stuff as well. And any property that my guys select um, is always run through me as well, just so I don't lose that element of control.
0: Nice one. Yeah, well done. I mean... Say so you're in infancy, right? I mean, every big buyers agency started somewhere, so you do have to kind of cut your teeth when you when you when you're starting out. But the beauty is, you're not practicing on real life clients because you've already had that previous work experience in the industry. You've now just kind of t- translated that into your own buyers agency, right? So well done to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. So I guess the big focus for today is the Brisbane market, and you know, the latest core logic data that came out shows that Brisbane is just continuing to to butt the trend, which you know some other markets are. are Holding steady, maybe flatlining, or dropping in some uh, some parts of the country, but Brisbane just continues just to keep pushing ahead month on month. And I just want to see the boots on the ground. What are you seeing, and what's really driving that demand at the moment uh, that's seeing prices increase?
1: Yeah, look, the property market's hot. Um, there's no doubt about it. We've kind of been leading the charge again. I know Sydney was leading the charge for a little while, yeah. um, but I mean, properties are you know an average house is going up about fifteen grand a month. Um, An average unit's probably going about 12 grand a month. And we're having to have those conversations similar to like I was having with people, you know, during the boom. We need to keep people ahead of the game. I saw way too many people having to make such big compromises during the boom. You know, they started off looking at a house and then, you know, they wait six months. Now they're looking at a unit. Um, So I've learned from that and we really need to keep people on track and make sure that, you know, they might have to make a small compromise today. But it's going to save them from making a big compromise, you know, in a few months time. All um, said, it,
0: that's, that's like the, oh, if I could just like mm-hmm. capture it there in one line, that, that's kind of nailed it, isn't it? Like, well, I think we've spoken, people that come back, like, oh, they've actually got the ability to buy now, but they wait and they th- wait for the market to drop six months time. It's like, they've actually gone backwards, mm-hmm. isn't it? And you're, probably, you're, you're having those hard conversations going, actually back then you could have borrowed more and you could have bought for more, you would have bought more home. Now you can borrow less, therefore you're buying less home.
1: Mm-hmm, 100%. And I've had to have a few tough conversations with people lately, um, especially investors where they're a bit too focused on saving, you know, t- buying it for 10 grand below market value up front. Um, and they're not focused on buying the right asset. They're more focused on buying it for the right price. But, you know, what, you know, and some of them have realized now is that we buy the right asset. And in this market, by the time it settles, it's worth more than what we paid for it.
0: <laughs> have you had a couple of examples, <laughs> like I guess from the investor side, Um, and look, you can choose to say where you're buying, but some of the recent acquisitions you looked at for, for investors, what attracted you to that type of, um, property, what the buyer brief was as well, and what the result looked like at the end, Lauren?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll think back to maybe the most recent, um, investor purchase I bought. Um, it was a Sydney investor. He was quite conservative, um, had a budget of about 700 grand, uh, and needed about five fifty dollars to $600 per week in rent. And. Mm -hmm. Honestly, that's probably my bread and butter at the moment, and that's what we're seeing so much of. Um, Six to seven hundred seems to be the sweet spot for most people in this higher interest rate environment. Um, And six hundred dollars tends to probably um, be—it's still going to be negatively geared, but not that much, especially if we can, you know, um, offset that with maybe a little bit of depreciation and things like that. Um, That property, we were really looking for something where we could put maybe sixty to seventy percent of our money into the land and the remainder into the house. Um, You know, a couple of years ago, I was buying properties for investors and we were very capital capital growth heavy. And I'm starting to see a few people now in a higher interest rate environment, they struggle. Um, They don't think of the cash flow when, you know, rates were 2%, but now that they're 6% now, people are starting to struggle. So we're working with people to see, um, what is the maximum cash flow hit they're prepared to take each week? And then we're buying them a property where they can experience the best capital growth with that cash flow hit. Yeah. Um I've forgotten what the original question even was. That's okay.
0: good. <laughs> so you you got the buyer brief, which is you want I'd say cash flow is number one from what I'm hearing, capital growth number two, freestanding house was part of the brief as well. Mm-hmm. And then you're you're sifting through. So I guess what I'm trying to work out is your your methodology when you go, okay, I take the brief. How many properties are you looking at? What are you knocking out? And then ultimately, what does that final purchase look like? We go, hey, this is the one that that ticks most of the boxes.
1: Yeah, okay. So my team and I, we've pretty much analysed data for every suburb in Brisbane. So we rank it from uh, a medium price point uh, low to high so that we know, you know, when we get a new investor, they fall into this bracket um, and these are the suburbs that suit. We then use our different data points. I think we're probably running maybe seven or eight different data points in that to actually score a suburb and what's scoring the highest. We then still have to overlay that by actually walking the streets because it might look good from a data perspective, but then, you know, you might go to the prop- the, the suburb and you know, the houses aren't well maintained and it doesn't look anywhere close to other gentrifying or even becoming any what of a desirable location. Hmm. Um, so once we, once we find that right property for the client, we'll present them all the information. Um, I don't like to overwhelm my investors with too much information. Um, I feel like sometimes people, and I've I've actually had clients come to me and inquire from other companies where they just, they'll give them a 60 page report on an investment property and they don't know what to do with the information. (laughs) Um, So I like to give them what I think is most important and what's actually most relevant to their situation. Um, I do like to focus capital growth as a priority. Um, but we need to make sure that it's economical for the person buying it and that they, they can hang on to it and yep. that they want to continue to invest in property. Like it's not scaring them off.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. No, thanks very much. Appreciate that. I guess the other question I when we looked at the data recently um, Sunshine Coast and Noosa seems to have come off the boil a fair bit. Now maybe it's because it had such rapid growth, for example, and a real peak but it seems to have come off a fair bit. Do you know what's going on there, for example? Because, I mean, I've been to the Sunshine Coast. I absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> but what's uh, what's really causing that that downturn there at the moment, given that the rest of Queensland seems to be doing pretty good?
1: No, I actually don't have an answer to this. Yeah. Um, I, I only really buy in Brisbane and maybe the top part of the Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, I'd probably say you're right. I'd say that it really overshot the mark. Um, and I think a lot of people as well, they're kind of at a point where there's this big shift to regional you know, was it, tree change, sea change. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are now moving back for work. They either don't want to be working from home five days a week um, or they've moved careers and they need to be in the office. So potentially mm. a lot of people are moving back to their original home, maybe Brisbane, maybe even like Sydney, Melbourne.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Perfect. Speaking of Sydney and Melbourne, I mean, when I was up there recently, the amount of people I spoke to just when we were kind of at the park with the kids and so they'd moved from Sydney or Melbourne up to Sunshine Coast or Gold Coast, even Brisbane, What have you seen with the relocators, and how's that market kind of faring at the moment?
1: We're seeing a lot of relocators coming up. Um, I'm seeing from Sydney, people are moving for a price point. They, they, if you don't have that intergenerational wealth in Sydney, you're never really going to get on the property ladder. Um, And people, people say to me, you know, we don't want to raise our family in a two-bedroom apartment, um, where they can come over to Brisbane, spend the million bucks here, and buy, you know, a four or five-bed family home within maybe 20 k's of the city yeah um i think the reason a lot of people are leaving melbourne is due to government interference um and the weather they're probably the two main (laughs) pain points like melbourne isn't that much more expensive than brisbane anymore yeah um which is insane to think about but it's it's really caught up like i mean brisbane uh melbourne kind of missed out on the boom the covid boom again government interference maybe (laughs) um so yeah, and a big issue, I think a lot of people relocating at the moment is generally they want to rent before they buy, but that's almost near impossible at the moment. Renting's nice. still so tight um, and it's actually a lot of the time easier to secure a house to buy than it is to rent. Because um, if you're up against maybe maybe 20 other rental applications, they're going to pick someone that's actually been through the property. It's too risky to take someone that hasn't even set foot in the property.
0: Hmm. And then it becomes almost a bidding. What we're seeing at the moment, is becoming a bidding war on the rent. So they're either paying upfront for three months, for example, or paying simply over just to kind of get that property because every time they keep missing out, especially if you've got kids and you just keep missing out, the rents are just going up and up. It's like, well, a couple more weeks of this, we might as well just pay more, take this property off the market. Rent, we're not going to be in the next 12 months and at least we can put down some routes as opposed to keep bouncing around and getting getting kind of burdened with an extra rent cost as well
1: an interesting point and it's probably another thing supporting and you know continuing to grow the brisbane property market is that a lot of people are moving from this rental pool into buying Mm. either they've you know sat on their hands for the last couple of years while everyone was a little bit nervous about rates going up and they're finally coming out you know their landlords hit them with an extra 150 bucks 200 bucks a week and they'd rather be putting that money into a mortgage now it's almost like the gap's closing again between rent and mortgage
0: correct we see it all the time. So you're paying that much and you, you could almost just pay a little bit more and have your own place and
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and and ride the capital growth gravy train as well. Um, what about first-time buyers? Where where are you seeing kind of sweet spots for first-time buyers at the moment across Brizzy?
1: Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of first-time buyers and a lot of them are actually seeking out buyers agents, which yeah. I don't think has really ever been such a trend. Um, and I think the main reason is they're taking so long to buy. Um, like I was speaking to a first-time buyer just the other day, and she's been looking for two years on and off. Um, and my again, heart, my come... heart
0: breaks when I hear that. I'm like, just the emotional roller coaster of two years of waiting for the one. I'm like, if, you, if mm-hmm. you just had the courage to buy one that you looked at maybe six months, like there's no perfect property you had to wait for two years for, is there?
1: No, absolutely not. And you can see it's, I think a lot of the time it's a confidence thing. Um, So you'll see a first home buyer, you'll be with them at an open home and, you know, there's 40 other groups through and they almost freeze and think, you know, this isn't the property for me because I've got to deal with competition. Mm -hmm. Um, But we don't, I just tell them, you know, don't look at who's around. Like, if you want this, we will secure it for you. You just need to understand, you know, that this is a property that you're happy with. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say single first home buyers, we're seeing, I feel like 550 just seems to be the sweet spot at the moment. I don't know if you're seeing anything from a mortgage broking side of things as to why that is. I think they just have um,
0: these arbitrary numbers. They've got these numbers built in their head. Like we've got people that go, look, I don't want to spend more than 1.5 in the inner West. It's like, where does that number come from? Like, mm. look at the property finance. Like they've got these hard numbers that are like, I'm not going to go above that. And yeah. yeah, there's imaginary numbers that they've conjured up in their head about this this upper limit, for example. Mm-hmm. But yeah, keep going.
1: Um, yeah, I'd say a lot of single first-time buyers, 550K, um, buy and they want a, they want a unit. They want, you know, maybe maximum 6 to 12 in the complex, but they still want to be close to the city. So they maybe want to be, you know, maybe in a 5K ring. They want access to amenities. Mm. They want, you know, lifestyle. They don't want to be mowing lawns. Um, that's probably a big trend. They also want really low body corporate fees, which body corporate fees have gone up a lot in the last couple of years. I don't know if they've gone up as much in Sydney or yeah. New South Wales as they have up here, but I think insurance plays a big part in that. Yep. Um, so, yeah, they've come up a lot. Most probably want body corporate fees. Probably five grand is a new benchmark wow. per year. Yeah. Um, I would say a lot of your couple first home buyers, I see, I tend to see them coming generally as a budget, maybe 800K to a million. And I find that couples, they're more keen on getting a house. I guess mm-hmm. maybe because, you know, they're planning to build a family soon. But those are the people that I find that tend to, they tend to be happier to compromise a little bit on the property but not the location. So they're willing to take a bit more of a renovator so long as it's livable today. Um, whereas you contrast that with your second home buyers or your upgraders, they want turnkey and that is hot property at the moment. Um, they've all got maybe a budget, I don't know, 1.3 mil plus. They want something moving ready. No upgrader at the moment really wants to be doing any work.
0: That's That would be exact, that was exactly us when we moved in, like families. I'm like, I do not want anything to renovate or fix in this place. Two small kids like, there's just no bandwidth to, to be living in a construction zone, don't want it. And so maybe that comes when your kids are a little bit older, but yeah, I can absolutely understand that type of mindset, which is, I just want to move in and you spot on, they command such a premium because right now, especially for us, we're going through a commercial build, the builder project management, even managing trades, for example the energy that goes on that you're like, geez, man, this is the second job that we've got almost in any, con- any client that I speak to that's doing construction or any type of renovations. If they don't have that as like the part of their day job, whether they're project managers or whether they're in that, that construction space, it just is like overwhelming for them as well. And the costs are just blowing out on top of that.
1: Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting. I don't know where we could get this data to see if there's been a trend moving away from first time buyers building. Mm. Um, yeah. Like if they, if they've, Eat, like steered away from construction. Obviously, they still get like their first-time buyer's grant for building new, but I would think that they'd be moving more to buying established and closer into the city and even, you know, yeah, your units or townhouses.
0: I, I, I feel you got, your gut feels probably spot on in that, Lawrence. Yeah. I want like So you look at it going, I want to be in this suburb or this location and I'm willing to take a compromise on the actual dwelling as opposed to I want to find the right dwelling and I have to compromise on the suburb. That's what we typically find as well.
1: Yeah, a hundred
0: percent. Perfect. So what do you kind of see playing out for, I mean, we've got a couple months left in, in this year, you know, it has that traditional kind of lull of the, over the Christmas to new year break, and then we'll come out all guns blazing kind of after January. So what do you feel is kind of your your outlook for the rest of the year coming into the new year as well?
1: I still think um, it looks like property prices will continue to grow, Um it's just supply and demand. There's no supply and massive demand. I'm not seeing much more come to the market, and especially as we come up to Christmas, a lot of sellers will probably wait until next year. Yeah. Um, I know last Christmas, like last December, I was telling people like, buy now. This is such a good opportunity. You know, sellers want their property. You know, unconditional by Christmas, um, and a lot of other buyers they you know switch off until next year. Yeah. Properties that you know I was buying for clients December last year we were paying maybe 700 and they were, you know, maybe close to 900 now. Um, I was chatting to an agent in about January, February last year, uh, this year. And she was saying that she was getting offers on a property at about 1 million in December. And then come January, she was getting 1.2. So 20% wow. increase, you know, in a month. Um, and I think, I think it tends to happen every year. Hmm. Um, I bought my first property in December because I understood that theory. Um, so I reckon it's going to be a good end to the year for property prices, maybe not too good for people looking to buy. Um, and I don't see any sign of it slowing down, like show me where the supply is coming from.
0: <laughs> and everything you're saying is well, kind of what we're looking at. So when we're, when we're looking at the market and talking, to a lot of clients that are talking, you know, maybe I'm about six, 12 months out. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Be six, 12 months out. We can't fast track either how much time it takes to save for a, for a deposit or that borrowing capacity but we're talking about stage three tax cuts that come out, you know, mid next year, which we're still waiting for the exact details to be finalized, but they've talked about it. Mm -hmm. Then we're talking about rates at some point, potentially holding if not dropping as well. And then you add that with like, I guess the property market has, you know, how many rate rises, 12, 13 rate rises that we're, we're, we're due for. And it's like, that still hasn't slowed down the property market. So what will, and you you overlay that with confident investors that are now moving back into the market because they've had their wait and see approach for most of this year. And I feel like next year is going to be this strong year for property. And it's like, watch out if you see on the sidelines uh, and just waiting for the market to fall. I think at your own peril and to your own detriment, the wait and see approach just hasn't worked. And we've got to rethink that strategy as well.
1: Yeah, I 100% agree. Like I don't see yeah anything slowing down. I think you're right. I think if, if anything, it might speed up.
0: Correct. Yeah. Next year is, a. I feel it's going to be a big year kind of come out of that first quarter for the rest of the year. It's a, I feel like strap ourselves in and it's going to be a really strong year for property. So um, we're, putting, we're going to put it out there and see how we'll revisit it next year at some <laughs> point and see how our predictions have gone. But uh, Lauren, I want to say thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate it. I wish you every success with LJBA as well. And if you're up in Brisbane, if you're a first home buyer, if you're an upgrader, If you're an investor or relocator and you do want to get in touch with Lauren Jones, we'll include the details to her website and uh, contact details below as well. And as always, if you found this episode helpful, we'd love a review. Um, We're getting a lot of inquiries at the back of our episodes. So if you have questions that you want specifically answered, we love hearing from listeners. Drop us a line with some questions that you want answered for future topics as well. Lauren, appreciate your energy. Thank you very much.
1: Amazing. Thanks,
0: Aaron. All right, talk to you soon. See ya. See you later. All right, that's a wrap for another episode. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks very much.